in the book of Genesis and chapter number 25. Certainly have enjoyed the few days. Time just flies by when you're having a good time. And I hope you have. I've had a good time. And uh, I have never in all these years come to Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Weaverville. But what in spirit I felt like I got more than I gave. And I have been blessed this week. And I want to say thank you. Now, of late, I have been trying to make it a practice of studying the character of the characteristics of the pastor I'm going to preach for and then try to emulate him so that the congregation will feel comfortable. But I'll just go ahead and tell you I failed. I I mean, I really, I could have lost some weight. I mean, and I got a pair of boots, but the heels ain't high enough to make a difference in the height. So I asked my wife, I said, just cut all my hair off. She said, no, you got too many scars and bumps. It won't look good on you like it does him. But I said, of all the things and characteristics, if I could glean from it, it is the spirit of your pastor. And I have said that many times. And I I thank God. And I know you do too. So real and so genuine. And uh, I love going where I know the Lord is going to have the liberty to, to do what needs to be done. And that's the way it is here. And I praise the Lord for it. You pray for us as we venture on. We're somewhere virtually every week and a lot of times two different places. And uh, our request is that God would keep on refreshing us to minister to the hearts. Minister to my heart so I can minister, we can minister to other hearts. Because if you do anything enough, no matter what it is, there, there is a danger of it losing its edge or its freshness. Um, I remember several years ago taking my grandson. He was at that time probably three years old with us to a meeting. Now he goes to church. His dad's a pastor. But not like we do. And we were in the fifth wheel camper and <clears throat> I heard my wife, she had him in the bedroom and she's getting him ready for church that night. And as a three-year-old only could do it, he said, Ma, that's what they call her, where are we going? She said, well, we're going to church. Got ready, we went to church. The next night I overheard him say the same thing. He said, Ma, where are we going? She said, we're going to church. We went to church. Went all through that week, and on the last night, she had him in there getting him ready. And he said, Moe, where are we going? She said, we're going to church. He broke down and started crying. He said, I don't want to go to church. (laughs) 
Well, I was in the other room. I broke down and started crying. I said, I don't want to go either. <laughs> That's terrible, ain't it? <laughs> so you pray that the Lord will strengthen us and refresh us, and we certainly will pray for you. Genesis chapter number 25. I want to start in verse number 21. I'm going to preach tonight on Jacob and his squeeze. Jacob and his squeeze. We're going to notice, notice in the goings and comings the went and came of his life. He was a miserable man because he was always squeezing something, pressing something, holding something, wrestling with something, trying to determine the outcome. Now what he wanted was good. He wanted God's blessing. But he went about it the wrong way. He was squeezing and it is possible that there's some misery in your life tonight because you're trying to control things that are not meant for you to control. You're losing sleep over things that you don't need to have your hands on. You don't need to be holding and choking and squeezing. Let's look at these verses and uh, we'll point it out and I'll give you four thoughts. Verse 21, the Bible said of Genesis 25, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came, we're talking about the wints and came's, the goings and comings. Here comes Jacob. What a personality. And after that came his brother out. And his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob. Supplanter, trickster, conniver, manipulator, cheater. That's all embodied in that name right there. He comes out of the womb with his hand on his brother's heel, squeezing. If we were to turn over to chapter number 32, 93 years later, on one night, he is wrestling with an angel doing the same thing to him that he did to everybody else. He's got him in a full Nelson. 
And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with him a man until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, this is the angel of the Lord, and he said, let me go. In the goings and comings of Jacob's life, he is a struggler at birth. If you'll turn over to chapter number 27 and verse number 35 and 36. Jacob is wanting this birthright and blessing. But to do so, he's going to have to go through Esau. So what he does is he dresses up like Esau and tries to get the feel of Esau. And he goes into his blind father's presence and tells him that he's Esau to get his father who has that blessing. Isaac has that blessing. Abraham gave it to him. He sneaks in and out. And when it's all said and done, when Esau comes to get the blessing because he's the firstborn, his father says to him in verse 35, and he said, thy brother came with subtility and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me. This is Esau talking. These two times he took away my birthright and behold, he has now taken away my blessing. And he said, hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Verse 41, and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with, with his father blessed him. And Esau said, notice it, Esau said in his heart, the day of mourning for my father, mourning for my father's at hand, then shall I slay my brother Jacob. Look down, if you will, in chapter 28 in verse number 5. He's caused a mess at the house. He's brought murder out of his brother. He's lied to his father. And so to save his life, look in verse 5. I'm talking about the goings and comings and went and came. What misery we can cause ourselves. And Isaac sent away Jacob and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. So he leaves there and goes to his uncle's house. There's trouble there also. There was a fight at home when he was there. Now there's a fight at his uncle's house. He ends up struggling with his uncle the whole time and then sort of beats his uncle out of his cattle and he has to leave out by night and run from there. Chapter 32, verse 1, And Jacob went on his way and the angel of God met him. And it is here on this night that we find this last text that I read to you. He is wrestling with an angel. 93 years of fighting. 
93 years of strife. 93 years of holding and gripping and pressing and wrestling. Doing his best to control all the people and the circumstances that are a part of his life. He wants to determine the outcome of the matters. Controlling the factors and the events. He's a squeezer. Now I want to ask you. Before we jump into this, you wouldn't happen to know anybody like that, would you? I'm sure they don't have any folks like that over here around Weaverville that's going to have to have the last word. That's going to work around till they get things in their favor. They want to just be in charge. They mean well, but they're going to do whatever they have to do to be in charge. Now, I know that Jacob passed away 3,500 years ago, but I declare I thought I saw him this morning while I was looking in the mirror, shaving. You know, sometimes it hurts to look at these Bible characters and see reflections of yourself because I think there's a little Jacob in all of us. That's why we all struggle. I heard about the old timer that was plowing one day and he plowed up a brass mirror. He'd never seen a mirror. He looked in at it and, and he thought it was a picture of his grandpa. So he took it in the house and put it in the drawer. His wife saw him put something in the drawer so she waited until he went outside. So she slipped in there to see what it was. She'd never seen a mirror and she pulled it out and looked at it and she said, huh, that's a little hag he's running around after. <laughs> Sometimes it hurts to catch a glimpse of yourself when it comes to the Word of God. And let me say it this way, Jacob, Jacob wants God's blessing. He wants what is right. But as I say, he's going about it in struggles all the wrong way. And here's how I want you to see this. If Jacob is ever going to be able to see and receive and enjoy the blessings of God, he's going to have to do what the angel told him to do and probably what Esau tried to tell him to do and probably what his brother tried to tell him and certainly what his uncle tried to tell him to do. Would Jacob, would you turn loose? Would you let go? Can I say to you before we, we here tonight, can ever really enjoy the blessings of God, we're going to have to let go of some things. And I wonder what it is that's keeping you up at night. I wonder what it is that's keeping you frustrated. I wonder what it is that's trouble. I wonder what it is that's causing you to want to fight. It could be tonight that there's some things that God would say to you, would you lay that down and turn that loose so I can bless you? Four things I would mention here. First of all, I would say to you that if Jacob is going to be able to enjoy God's blessings, he's going to have to let go and let God have the things that he is doing. On this night here where he wrestles with this angel, if you'll read that text, he's in a spirit of brokenness emptiness, and loneliness. 
But none of this is because of Esau. None of this is because of his father Isaac. It is not because of his uncle Laban. But it's because of what he's been doing because he could do it. The silly battles, the sorry behavior, the shady bargainings, all of these were constructed by himself. And if you were to look at all the issues of Jacob's life and you would do a criminal analogy and check the handprints on these issues, you would find his fingerprints on them. He has left his mark everywhere so that what we realize is he's doing things just because he can. He's a very dominant personality. He is a powerful figure. You don't want to try to match wits with him. You're going to lose everybody that did, lost. And so therefore, he could dominate each situation. He could sell his brother a bowl of soup. He could lie to his blind father. He could beat his uncle that is three days' journey away out of his... He could do it because he was a man that was dominant and could do it. There's a lot of things we can do in the issues of life. But I'm going to tell you something. When it's all said and done, the things that you do because you can do them, you can make that telephone call. Yes, you can. You can tell that person off. Yes, you can. You, just, you, you got the ability to do it. You can wiggle around things and do things uh, because you can. But honey, think about the harm it's going to cause you and the misery your whole life. You can get no rest because you have put your hands on things. You've got no business putting your hands on them. Just because he could. Yes, he could handle Esau. Yes, he could handle his father. Yes, he could beat Laban. But honey, he's in misery because one tragic jumbled up mess after another. I thought about David as a positive example of this. Saul tried to kill him on several occasions, but ended up one night in a cave, the same cave that David and his mighty men were in, and he was sleeping in there, and one of David's men said, take your spear and run him through. He said, oh no, that's God's anointed. These hands will never touch him. God will have to take care of that. Make sure that the circumstances in your life that seem to be so, so troubling and so stressful are not there because you have mixed and mingled yourself in the midst of it. Let him go. If he's going to enjoy God's blessing, he's going to have to let go and let God have the things that he's doing. Don't just do something because you can. May it be your prayer, oh, Lord, I don't want to jump in the middle of something that's going to cause me agony because I did something. Let me wait upon you, Lord, to do something. He's a fighter. He's a squeezer. He's going to have to let go and let God have what he can do. Oh, there's a lot we can do tonight.
We can haul off, get mad, buddy, and we can just form our little plan of what we're going to do to settle some things. But you're putting your hand, you're leaving your handprint on, and that's the problem. Secondly, I would say to you that if Jacob, in his goings and comings, and went and came 93 long years of misery, if he's going to be able to enjoy God's blessing, he's going to have to let go and let God have the things he cannot do. What Jacob is trying to do is impossible. He cannot take a square peg and put it in a hole. It won't fit. He wants the birthright and blessing, and he is foolish enough to think that he can achieve it and help God out. He thinks the Lord made a major mistake. He believes that he should have that birthright and that blessing. It's in his heart. Esau doesn't want it. It's evident. And he thinks maybe that maybe he can help the Lord out in this matter, as I say. But what I'm telling you is God is God over the order of birth and life. It was no accident with God that Esau was born first and Jacob second. But we know, we know according to the genealogies, according to the history of the Bible, we know as far as families are concerned that the firstborn was to receive the bulk of the inheritance and the blessing. That's why Isaac got they were going to hand it down. And as far as Jacob could see is that Esau standing in his way. So what he wants to do, he begins even at birth. He wants to suck him back up in the womb so he can come first. And, and, he, and he struggles all those years to try to rearrange the order of birth so he can get it. But it's impossible. And he's finding out the more he does, the less he accomplishes. I mean, even though somebody said, yeah, but didn't he get it with the bowl of soup? No. Well, didn't he get it when he left? No. You say, well, how do you know? Well, as far as his heart's concerned, on this night, he's still crying out at 93 for the same thing that he thought he could beat his brother out of and lie to his father about. He's told that angel, he said, I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. Well, I thought you got that blessing, Jacob. Didn't you beat your brother and, and didn't you lie to your father? He still's not enjoying that blessing because he realizes he's trying Trying to rearrange things. God's got you where you need to be, and He's got the order of it just like it needs to be. And you're not going to be able to change that. I do not believe that God called Michael the archangel and Gabriel and said, Get in here now. How in the world did that happen? Esau is born first. Now we're going to have to rearrange this. It's no problem with God because the truth of the matter is he always operates in the different direction than what we do. I mean, when he talked about in creation, he said the he, started, he said, the evening and the morning are the first day. Well, who says that? We always say the morning and the evening, don't we? But we see things backwards from what God does. 
But God has made no mistake. He's not going to be able to change the divine purposes of God. Let go and let God have the things that you are doing. Don't just do them. Don't put your fingerprints on that. Let go and let God have the things that you cannot do. You're not going to be able to change that. One of the great illustrations of that to me is marriage. How many of you married or have been married? All right. I see that hand. I see that hand. <laughs> and you know, you think about that bride when she starts to walk down the aisle and she looks at that husband there that or to be dashing young man and the thought goes into her mind has been for a while she's been dating him a while is you know I love him ain't no other man like him I'm going to tell you right now he ain't going to act like his daddy I'll fix that don't you isn't there a measure of you that goes into marriage saying that I love most of her but there's a part of her I'm going to have to fix (laughs) and he's standing up here watching her come down oh I love her, but she ain't shopping like her mama. I ain't, she ain't wasting money like she does. Oh, I mean, uh, did you marry the perfect one? You've never had any problems. I mean, there hadn't been some things that you thought needed to be fixed. But here's the thing about it. If you've been married, I've been married 40, if you, 48 years. If you've been married any length of time at all, what you did when you got, first got married is you started straightening that love, that, that man out or that woman out, and you've had them on a, in a chokehold for 50 years if you've been married 50 years. But I want to ask you something. Has it helped? anything? Have you changed them? No. My wife's still talking to me about the things she was talking about to me when we first got married. She ain't changed nothing. And I ain't changed nothing. I can't do it. Because you can't do it. Just go ahead and take your hands off that neck. You're not going to change them. Come on now. Because it's not given you to do that. Right. That's right. You're going to have to let go. Turn him loose. Turn her loose. Let go. Oh, Jacob, if you want to enjoy God's blood, let go and let God have the. Quit messing things up. Jake, you're hurting yourself. Every situation just gets worse. Turn that loose. Keep your hands off of things. And Jake, you can't fix that, boy. You can't fix that. Don't quit trying. You can't change the order of God's purposes and of birth. And you can't change the passions of men. The Bible said that Isaac loved Esau. And Rebecca loved Jacob. But he wasn't so much interested in his mother's love because she didn't have the power to give him the blessing and the birthright. He was interested in his father. And I'm going to tell you something. Many times, no doubt, he sat across the table and looked at the countenance of his father as he looked at him and looked at his countenance when he looked at Esau and he realized that he had more feelings for Esau than he did for himself and there wasn't a thing on earth he could do about it. You can't change people's affections. Man, isn't it true that there's just so much we can't control? An old boy, years ago, he was up at dating age, and and actually marrying age, but he wouldn't. So I asked him one day, I said, you courting anybody? Yep. Well, he said, I'm thinking about it. I said, you are? He said, yeah, I think I'll marry her. 
I said, well, have you told her? He said, no. Nah. I said, you even talked to her about it? No. He hadn't even dated her. I said, well, you think you're just going to wave her wand and somebody's going to fall in love with you? It just don't. You ever heard of having a broken heart? That's because you couldn't convince somebody to love you that you thought you loved. There's, I mean, Jesus let us know without me you can do what? Nothing. And I'm going to tell you, we can, we can struggle. And young people, you can struggle. You can struggle as a young person, as Jacob did, and struggle in your middle ages and struggle all the way until you become old because you're trying to fix, you're not trying, you're trying to fix God. And there ain't nothing wrong with him. That's right. Amen. Let go and let have God have the things that you, I mean, those things that, you're trying to do that you shouldn't be doing. And let God have the things you cannot do. Then I want to say to you third, and I want to jump back there in chapter number 32 and verse number 9 because it is here. As he has run from his uncle Laban, caused a mess up, and he's headed back. But as far as I can tell, this is the first time that Jacob is anywhere near right with God. I know that through his prayer in verse number 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, Return unto thy country and thy kindred, and I will be well with thee. He said, Lord, you're the one who told me to come back here. He's praying. He's praying talking to God, and he's saying the reason why I'm here is not only because I'm praying, because I'm obeying. I'm finally where you want me to be. Verse number 10, I'm not worthy the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. Look in verse number 11. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. He's finally gotten to the place to where he wants to do what God wants him to do. He is finally praying, he is finally obeying, he is finally doing what God wants. Isn't that a wonderful place to be? You're sitting here tonight in the house of the Lord. I commend you for that. That's a good place to be. You got a Bible in your hand. I commend you for that. That's a good thing to instruct your life. We came around this altar and we prayed, and I commend you for that because that's what we need to be doing is praying about things. You have come to fellowship, and I commend you for that because we need to fellowship and strengthen one another. You came here to worship, and I commend you for that. You're doing, you are doing. You came because you wanted to do with your life what God wanted. Finally, 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 you woke up one day and said, hey, I'm going to quit doing what I want to do. I'm going to let God have his way. Amen. 
and you got saved and you gave your life to him and you began to pray and you began to give and you began to worship and you began to come to the house of God. You began, you're doing what God, pretty well as much as you know to do, you're trying, you're trying to do what God wants you to do. Hallelujah! Amen. But here's the thing about it. Just because you are where you need to be doing what you need to do and have a right relationship with God doesn't mean that the past is not going to try to creep up on you. Here he is in a spot with God and he gets words. Somebody, I mean, he's finally doing what God wants him to do. Somebody said, did you hear Esau's coming? Esau? Yeah, he's got 300 men with him. He probably ain't coming for a picnic. The last thing Esau said before he left town is, I get my hands on him after that. I'm killing him. I'm killing him. And he begins to talk to God about that. Now, there's three things he can do. Three things he can do right here. One, he can ball up his fists and say, well, now, I'll tell you what. I still got a little, I might be 93 years old. You just tell him to bring it off. I'm ready for one more gusto. <laughs> but don't you get tired of kicking that same old dead horse right. and fighting that same battle, struggling with that same issue or that person or whatever it is? Oh, he could have given, he could have given another shot, but he's not. You can tell in his prayer he's not interested in that. The second thing he could have done is he could have got up and run back to Laban. But if he'd done that, he'd got out of the will of God again. But I'm going to tell you the third thing that he can do is what he did, and it was the thing he needed to do. He just throwed his hands up and said, Lord, I'm not going to fight with Esau anymore. This is not my battle. He's a coming. You know he's a coming. I don't know the full intent of him coming, but I'm not getting it. I'm not, I promise you, God, my handprints won't be on this anymore. I'll let you take care of it. If he's going to enjoy God's blessings, he's going to have to let God have the things that now he is doing. Hey, listen, if you're where you need to be with God, don't let the devil drag you into another fight. Amen. Don't let someone pull you into another conflict. Find you a place of prayer and say, Lord, I'm here because this is where you want me and it's where I want to be. And so I'm not going to put my hands on anything. I'll let you take care of it. Amen. Boy, ain't that, that's a blessed place to be. <laughs> not me, Lord. I'll, I'll let you handle that. If he's going to enjoy God's blessing, and don't we want to enjoy his blessing? Amen. You're going to have to let go and let God have the things he has done. He's going to have to quit doing that. The things he can't do and the things that he is doing. But my last thought is this. If he's going to enjoy God's blessings, I want to go back to chapter number 25, and I believe it's verse number 23. If he's going to enjoy God's blessings in the goings and comings of his life, I mean, the, it's, his life has been treacherous because of his squeezing, his holding, his choking, his fighting. 
But if he's going to enjoy God's blessings, he's going to have to let go and let God have the things that God Almighty has already done. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Did you look at that? Is that verse number 23 where he goes down through there and says, the elder shall serve the younger? Yeah. Well, I'll ask you something. Who was the elder? Who was the elder? Esau. Esau. I mean, before, hey, hey, he's going to have to let go and let God have the things that he's already done even before there was a Jacob. Before there was a Jacob that came out of the womb and breathed his first breath, God Almighty told his mama, and she might already, she should have told him and said, Son, what are you sweating about this? God said, I don't care what the order of the birth is. God said, The elder shall serve the younger. You got the blessing, you don't let him have the bowl of soup. Don't dress up like him and try to be him uh, to try to get something you already got. <laughs> hey, child of God, you already got the blessing. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what are we trying to struggle for something we already have? Before there ever was a Jacob, God had blessed him. He blessed him before there was a Jacob, but hey, he had to bless him in spite of Jacob. Jacob is a miserable man up until this night, but it ain't his father's fault. It ain't Esau's fault. It ain't his uncle's fault. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. And he's going to have to let go and realize that God Almighty has blessed him. And he has been blessed. And you have been blessed. But there's one person in Jacob's life that can keep him from enjoying the blessing. There is one person in your life that's going to keep you and will keep you from enjoying the blessing. Who is it? You say, well, it's that woman I married. No, it ain't her. So I'm my husband, if he wouldn't grumble around and be grumpy, I wouldn't. No, it ain't him. I got on the job over there. He just, I mean, I'd be blessed, but no, it ain't him. If you're not enjoying the blessings of God tonight, there's only one person that's at fault. You know who it is? It's Jacob. It's Jacob. It's you. It's me. Let us not point at everything else. The reason why we're fighting the whole way is because we got fight in us. And if God blesses us, he has to bless us in spite of us. You're going to have to let go. Now, let me illustrate this. Years ago, a preacher friend of mine asked me if I'd ever water skied. I said, no. He said, well, come with me. I got a boat, some skis, and you need to try this. It's exhilarating. Nothing like it. Man, you just feel so free. And I said, okay. I was a sucker. 
So I went down on the lake, and he said, now what am I going to do? He said, I'll throw this rope out here, and it's uh, connected to this triangular bar, and you get in there, and thank God he gave me a life jacket. And he said, you lay back, and you put these skis on, and said, this hold on that bar. And so what I'll do with this boat is I'll start pulling easy, but I'm going to go, I'm going to get up to 35 miles an hour. I said, okay. And he said, then all you got to do is just pull yourself up, man, feel that breeze. And said, you can do it on one leg or the other leg. And said, if you want to, said, you can turn around and do it backwards. I said, man, I can't wait. Let's get going. So he pulled that thing, I guess, 35 miles an hour. But have you ever felt water going up your nose at 35 miles an hour? I couldn't get up. Brother Keith, I just couldn't get, I pulled, I pulled. I wasn't coming up and he wasn't slowing down. <laughs> so I said to myself, man, I had all that bar. I said, I'm going to give it one more gusto. I'm going to give it all I got. And man, I pulled on that thing and I felt myself come up and right back down. <laughs> Have you ever felt your head hit water at 35 miles an hour? You talk about a headache. Then there was a part of important information he forgot to tell me. And that is, if you hold on to that bar, it'll take you as long as that rope is deep. Am I right on that? I know I'm right. But my thinking was, when I hit that water, I'm going to, I was thinking, I know nothing about that. I said, y'all, they're just going to ride off and leave me and then come back and laugh and have a big time. I know my wife is on the boat. I said, I know what she's doing. She's in tears, but I ain't turning loose. And man, I'm going to tell you, that thing kept pulling me down. I mean, I saw catfish half my size. I mean, I went almost to the bottom. And I finally, I came to my senses. I said, if I don't turn loose of this thing, it ain't going to hurt nobody. It's going to kill me. And I turned loose and I shot to the top within a millisecond of death. I'm going to tell you something. Whatever you're holding on to, it ain't hurting nobody else really. That's right. But it'll literally take the life out of you. That's right. That's good. You better let it go. That's good. Amen. Also, years ago, my suits began shrinking on me. Yes, it was the cleaners. I thought about getting a lawsuit. Because it happened to all of them. <laughs> but my wife told me, she said, no, you're, you're getting heavy, honey. Look in the mirror. And what we need to do is go to K&G down in Atlanta, and they have this big old place uh, with thousands of suits and said, we'll get you a bigger size. I said, no, I ain't going no bigger size. It's embarrassing. I said, all we need to do is go to a different brand. It'll be the same size, but they make a bigger suit. Ain't that pride? And I, and I was serious about that. So we got down there, and man, I went through every size that I was at that time, and I've tried every the different brands on, and guess what? I couldn't button any of them. About that time, my wife said to a kind gentleman walking around that worked there, said, sir, would you help him try on a suit that you know fits? He said, yes, ma'am. I will. Well, she already had it in her hand. 
she handed it to him, and he come around, and he took that jacket, and he put it on me, and, and then he buttoned it, and he stepped back from me. He said, now, take your hands and raise them up like that. And I raised my hands up. He said, now, wave them and say hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. He said, how's that feel? I said, good. He said, well, it fits. I said, you don't know how much you helped me. Because the truth of the matter is, if you can't raise your hands and thank God for it, That's right. you need to turn it loose. That's right. Amen. Jacob is a fighter. Everywhere he went, there was trouble. Because when he came into your presence, he came into your presence like this. You just, I mean, you knew that, what's, you got my blessings, you bring my blessings, you ain't Everywhere he went, I mean, Laban, his dad, he went like this. Do you know they tell us that if you hold your fist closed long enough tightly that somebody else will have to open them up? And that when you have your hands in this form, that your hands are good for nothing. You can't build anything. You can't saw anything. You can't fix anything. Your hand, and I'm going to tell you something, you certainly can't praise God like that. You ever seen anybody try to do it? I mean, it just don't work. (laughs) Your hands are good for nothing until you turn loose. Begin to feel that blood flow. Then you can raise them up and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And if you begin to read the rest of that, you'll find out he started wanting to bless Esau. Even when he went down into Egypt, he went down there to bless the king that was down there, richest man in the world. He learned how to open his hands, and he realized he could freely bless because he had totally been blessed. But if you're going to enjoy what God's done for your life, you're going to have to let go of the bitterness. You're going to have to let go of the anger. You're going to have to let go of the jealousy. You're going to have to let go and say, God, I'm not going to spend my life in this misery. I'm going to let you have it. And thank you for it. Amen. That's good. Let's stand. Could it be tonight that the Lord has spoken to your heart and only you know some things that you need to turn loose? Let go and let God have. 